Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Victory for Bahamas Opposition PLP as Prime Minister Minnis concedes. Puerto Rico's government revokes law the Oversight Board considered using for new bonds. Keep an eye on financial systems, Barbados told. Antigua government announces sweeping vaccine mandate. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, September 17th. We start our report today in the Bahamas. Rotters report Bahamian Prime Minister Hubert Minnis on Thursday conceded defeat in the general elections on the Atlantic island chain reeling from the surge of COVID-19 cases and slump in a tourism-dependent economy due to the pandemic. Minnis called his challenger Philip Davis to congratulate him and the Progressive Liberal Party on winning the poll. Menes had been hoping to become the first prime minister in 24 years to win a second five-year term. But Davis's progressive liberal party gained momentum with the campaign focus on what is termed the government's mishandling of the COVID-19 outbreak and the economy, which has seen unemployment surge to an estimated 20 percent and the fiscal deficit balloon during the pandemic. Some one 119 new COVID-19 cases were confirmed on Wednesday, taking the active number to 1,679 in the nation of just 400,000 people, while the positivity rate has hovered around 25% for the last six weeks. The national debt stood at $10.3 billion at the end of June 2021, according to the Bahamian Ministry of Finance, which forecast a $951 million fiscal deficit for the year 2021-2022. Goen Bao, chief executive of Fidelity Bank Bahamas, a publicly traded bank, told Reuters, The reality is that we don't have much wiggle room. There won't be a honeymoon for the new administration. It's going to be right about the business because there's a lot of things we have to write. Bond Buyer reports that Puerto Rico's local government revoked a law the Oversight Board has been considering using to issue restructured bonds without the local government's support. Puerto Rico Governor Pedro Perlisi signed Project 959 on Thursday, revoking the 1942 law, which had been used over the years to justify bond refunding. The board had argued it could legally enact the plan of adjustment without the government's support by either resting on the terms of the Puerto Rico Oversight Management and Economic Stability Act and the incorporated U.S. bankruptcy law or by also relying on the 1942 Puerto Rico law. Board attorneys were looking at whether the wording of the law and its use for refundings may also allow its use in the restructuring under the plan adjustment. Thursday's action may eliminate that option. Perilusi will have to send the new law revoking the 1942 law with a certification that it is consistent with the board's fiscal plan, 
said Matthias Riker, spokesperson for the Oversight Board. Board members want to have the local government support the proposed plan of adjustment for the central government debts, pensions, and other obligations. Bondholders have questioned the value of Puerto Rico's restructured bond issue without the local government's approval. The board has taken the position that pension cuts are the key to a fair bankruptcy resolution as pensions make up for $48.7 billion of Puerto Rico's hefty $112.7 billion of debt and pension liabilities. In nearly every municipal bankruptcy case, pension cuts have been made. Perlusi and the local government officials have continued to argue against any cuts to pensions as a sticking point against a plan of adjustment. Barbados Today reported that the value of loans under moratoria at financial institutions in Barbados reached a high of $1.94 billion, spread across just over 67 accounts at the end of April last year, a month after the COVID-19 pandemic started to affect the island. The 2020 Financial Stability Report indicated that at the time, the majority of those loans, $1.5 billion, were owned by individuals. However, by the end of March this year, the total loans under moratoria were significantly reduced, with individuals accounting for only 10 million or close to 5 percent. The Financial Stability Report, which is prepared by the Central Bank of Barbados in collaboration with the Financial Services Commission and the Barbados Deposit Insurance Corporation, said based on evidence globally, loan payment moratoria have proven to be very useful financial stability tool for abrupt crises situations such as COVID-19. However, it is critical that they are not used to mass deteriorating credit quality, as this could undermine financial stability over the median term, it warned. The Barbados financial system remained stable and continued to grow during the reporting period, with commercial banks, which continue to dominate the sector, contributing to most of the asset growth. Caribbean National Weekly reports that the Antigua and Barbuda government has given a September 20th deadline for all unvaccinated public sector workers to show proof of having been vaccinated against the coronavirus pandemic. A policy document released on Wednesday evening also outlines similar measures for persons operating public transport, the trade union movement, private sector employees, as well as arriving passengers into the country. In the policy statement, Gaston Brown said the measure regarding vaccinations will include workers in the public sector, statutory corporations and companies in which governments own majority shares. It said that with the effect from October 1st, all unvaccinated public sector workers, inclusive of statutory corporations and companies of which the government holds majority shares, shall be required to remain at home until proof of COVID-19 vaccination. In addition, those workers shall be paid as salary or wage 
for the period of non-compliance with the current policy and that all officers and support staff of the Royal Police Force of Antigua and Barbuda and the Antigua and Barbuda Defense Force are required to be vaccinated effective October 1st. The government said that trade organizations and employee associations shall be permitted to conduct educational awareness sessions via virtual and face-to-face engagements and that all COVID-19 protocols shall be strictly observed. All eligible students and teachers shall be required to be vaccinated against COVID-19 to return to -to face-to-face classes. All preschool and primary school teachers shall be required to be fully vaccinated before returning to -to face-to-face classes. All caregivers and support staff are required to be fully vaccinated to provide services at elderly care facilities, according to the policy. It noted also that all arriving passengers, including returning nationals and residents, are required to have received at least the first dose of a vaccine approved by the appropriate authorities in Antigua and Barbuda. The government also said that informal and or public gatherings will be restricted to members of the same household and that beaches are closed between 12 noon and 5 a.m. daily commencing September 20th. Bus drivers, conductors, and taxi drivers are required to be vaccinated effective October 1st this year and that failure to comply with the current policy will result in restrictions to operate. All pleasure craft fets, parties, and entertainment events and excursions around the coastal waters and offshore islands are suspended with effect from September 18 to September 29, 2021. Thereafter, only authorized excursions will be permitted by the appropriate authorities. The government said all vendors, merchants, and service providers and staff operating at ports of entry are required to be vaccinated, but the authorities said that persons may be exempt upon submitting a medical certificate approved by the chief medical officer or medical board or a request approved on religious grounds. It said that all persons exempt under this policy are required to produce a negative COVID-19 test twice monthly. Children under the age of 18 arriving at a port of entry in Antigua and Barbuda are exempt from this policy for this period. Grenada now reports that Grenada's Prime Minister, Dr. Keith Mitchell has welcomed the launch of the CARICOM Digital Skills Task Force, which is intended to coordinate the Caribbean community's approach to developing and harnessing the digital skills of Caribbean nationals, ensuring greater collaboration and innovation. The task force, which has two co-chairs at the helm, will also help promote awareness of digital skills and provide technical guidance on skills development. Dr. Mitchell, who is also the lead for science and technology, including ICT in the CARICOM quasi-cabinet, said the work of the task force is vitally important to what is envisioned as human-centered, sustainable, and more prosperous digital future. The goal, he said, is to build a CARICOM digital future where no one is left behind.
The prime minister noted that the increased reliance on technology brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic has necessitated upskilling among the region's people. The Grenadian leader said that the digital transformation taking place will radically transform regional economies and affect how people live and work. He cited a need for CARICOM to drastically advance digital skills for the workforce, particularly for low-skilled workers who are likely to be vulnerable to job loss. At Wednesday's launch, Dr. Mitchell acknowledged the overall progress being made by the region in the strategic use of digital technologies and provided an update on digital transformation in Grenada. He spoke of government fast-tracking its digital transformation agenda to create a more citizen-centric public service that is capable of delivering more online services. This initiative, he explain is strategically aligned with a plan to improve digital literacy among citizens, which would allow them to better capitalize on improved service delivery platforms. And finally, writers report that Trinidad and Tobago Health Minister Terence Dillasing on Wednesday criticized as false the claim by American rapper Nicki Minaj that a person on the Caribbean island suffered swollen testicles after receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. Trinidad-born Minaj sparked an international furor when she alleged on Twitter that her cousin in Trinidad refuses to get a vaccine because his friend became impotent after being vaccinated. Minaj, who has 22.6 million Twitter followers, said on Monday, the comments triggered an international backlash with senior U.S. and British coronavirus officials condemning the claims. When asked about Minaj tweets, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top U.S. infectious disease expert, says there was a lot of misinformation on social media. I'm not blaming her for anything, but she should think twice about propagating information that really has no basis as except a one-off antidote, and that's not what science is all about. Minaj said in a separate tweet that she has not been able to complete enough research of her own on the COVID-19 vaccines to get one in time for the Met Gala. Later, Minaj added that she will get vaccinated to be able to tour. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, September 17th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.